Hey, I know. I'll use my trusty frying pan as a drying pan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Out of the Drawing Pan, a Pokemon the Series podcast, where each week we discuss two episodes from the Pokemon anime and random stuff that comes to our minds. Just a quick reminder, we are an E4 explicit podcast, so listener discretion is advised. And I'm your host, Jacob, and I'm here with my co-host, Austin. Can you hear me, or is my audio fucking up yet again? You sound good. What happened, uh, Austin? Why do you have to tell us that, or ask us that, or what's going on? Last episode, I reverted back to like our first fourteen-ish episodes of quality audio quality. Okay, should we go ahead and like check our audacity here? Is everyone on our mic and speakers? I am. How about our other host, Alex? How is your recording going so far? It's going. Orange, you glad that it's working this week? Did you like prepare a whole bunch of orange puns for the next several no, episodes? No, that was the only one, and it was really bad. So I, that just I went tried. completely over my head. I feel bad now. We are on the Orange Islands. That's right. I'm sorry, Austin. For once, I'm glad it's not me because it's usually me. No, it's usually me. That misses the jokes. Well, with the audio problems. Oh, the audio problems. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's that. never Jacob. It's never fucking Jacob. Well, that's because I got this special handy laptop here with this special mic and um, this all this special equipment here. Your phone is from the 20th century. I don't want to hear it. It's true. <laughs> My phone's outliving the lifespan by like 10 years now. I got that going for me. Austin, so last week you put a warning out on the episode, right, for audio issues? Yeah, me and the celebi of audio issues. Okay, cool deal. Well, hopefully this episode goes smooth. We can pray for that. Yeah, pray for your sports teams and pray for us. We need it. That's right. Yes, we do, because we can talk about our weeks now, and there's been some interesting stuff going on. We can go and start our week talk segment, and Alex, you're going to lead us off here. What's been going on the past week or I am. Two? I am. Okay, I am. Alex, you gave me like a bulleted list of things you want to talk about on week talk. <laughs> That's right, because you know why? Because I feel like... <laughs> See, I don't even know that. That's just the intuition we have going on here. Well, I... I went back and I watched, watched, I listened to the last two podcasts that went live recently. And there's all there's all these times where we sit there and say things, oh, we're going to come back to this. We're going to talk about this next time. And then we never do. Yeah. So I thought I would be proactive and go back and see if there's anything that we could follow up on. I mean, there was a couple things, I guess. I mean, I'm not proud of it, but I, I watched some things this week. And they are well, you're not proud of watching. <laughs> yeah, that, no, that's a that's a good opening. Well, I think we talked about Twilight a couple podcasts back. Me being slammed against the door. Yeah, right? I remember that yeah. story. We regaled the audience with that tale. So I had a moment of weakness when I fired up Hulu this past few days. Surprise! It was on there, and I was like, "Oh no! Guess I have to watch it now." <laughs> How many? Let all me of tell them? you. Or... Yes. Oh my. Yes. All, right. all of them. Let me tell you, it was an adventure. It was so bad. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, that's the uh, it's everyone agrees about that. What made it oh awful God. though? Like what specifically? Was it like the acting, dialogue? Yes, just the whole all shebang. Those things. There was a scene at the the first Twilight movie where their facial expressions and the dialogue, I mean, it was so bad. I was cracking up. It was <laughs> it was awful. I don't know. It was like 10 years ago, so I'm trying to like well, actually, it's been longer than that, right? Was it 2008, 2009? Mm. We have to keep it in perspective, but they were something. It was super popular. That's the crazy thing about it. 
I'm wondering, like, someone who loved it. Did you love it when it came out? Were you, like, a big Twilighter or whatever they're called? Twihard? No, not particularly. I mean, we knew somebody that was. I read all the books in, like, a week. Or I think it was, like, two weeks. Yeah, I remember. So that was funny. I remember you mentioning that. I wonder if someone who was, like, super in love with it, I wonder if they go back and look at it and it's awful to them now or do they still see it through, like, rose-colored lenses and it's beautiful and it's the best romantic tale ever told of our time i i'm curious about that wasn't it really the suburban wine moms who were really into it weren't they like the target yes. audience after a while yes <laughs> that I may be so. true okay to be fair if you like it i'm not trying to bash people no of course no, no, no. like this like what you want yeah. <laughs> on pokemon podcast we love bad media <laughs> yes and I, I say that with like the best intentions like it's it was bad, but in the best way. I, obviously, I watched all five movies. Like, it's enjoyable in its own way. It's just, it's very silly. You know what it is about those? It's like, do you know, like, I'm trying to think, the romantic novels that, like, have, like, the Fabio guy on the cover or something like oh. that. That's what these, that's what these have become. Like, taking their place in the cultural, like, mind yeah i think that's what you're gonna find these like in the fabio book section with the guy on the cover holding a trident that's you know doing something Trident. yeah now it's all bridgerton baby bridgerton yeah i don't know who that is but that's yeah. a whole other thing yeah it's like a hopeless romantic thing but it was like i said austin you lost uh you broke your nose and lost a pair of glasses to a crowd of <laughs> twilight people so i guess people did love it to some degree. I've never I've never broken a bone, even though I probably should have several times. Never in your life? Never. Okay, that's impressive. Wasn't Fifty Shades of Grey a Twilight fan fiction? Yes. Okay. Now that's a riot. Oh my god, I've never seen the movies. Mm-mm. Um, I would go with friends to the bookstore and like literally open up to a random page and read a paragraph out loud, and it was just the <laughs> craziest shit you've ever heard. Have you read or seen the um the gilbert gottfried readings of 50 shades of gray no. <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> oh goodness oh my gosh uh, i just remember the office when phyllis is listening to 50 shades of gray and she's sitting there at her desk and just making like erotic sounds and everyone in the office oh is God. like they pour water on her yeah <laughs> i do oh goodness okay uh twilight Okay, okay, I do have a distinct memory of the first movie being all blue and Dutch angles. Is that accurate? What's a Dutch angle? Where everything's, like, askew, like this. Yes. Okay. Yes, it's very, it's a very cool toned color palette, and the dialogue is, it leaves something to be desired. The acting, okay, I will say the acting, watching all the movies kind of, you know, subsequently, it gets better gets better so i will give them that but i got through them all i got through them all i needed a distraction because i went away for another work conference this week and that was very tiring so it was a good distraction <laughs> i guess and speaking of yes exactly and speaking of other laughable media we did go and see a movie in theaters another vampire movie another vampire yeah i was kind of on a vampire like kick oh, or something God. was it the morbius movie it of was. Course. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Alex made, said we're going to watch that in theaters like years ago and we had to do you it. You a big 30 seconds to Mars fan, Alex? I actually was back in the day. Jared Leto is a character. I'm not a 30 seconds to Mars fan, but that movie. Whoo, that movie. I can't promise I didn't fall asleep. It was something. You know what? And the only reason that we 
went in theaters because I would have been more than content to wait until it came into a streaming service, but I had a free movie ticket that I've had for years. And you had to waste it. You know, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm torn. Is it a waste or is it not? Because if it wasn't for the free movie ticket, I would have spent real money on it. But then I'm like, shit, I wasted a free movie ticket. Is this a Marvel? Is it a Marvel thing or is it like... Uh, in association with Marvel. Okay. I could get into the whole thing, but I won't okay. because that's for our Marvel movies podcast. That I'm still pushing. Okay. Speaking of good media, so Morbius was a disappointment. If they ever do a sequel, maybe they have a chance to redeem themselves. But you know what else was really good and exciting to watch? Nicholas Cage. Is it also a vampire movie? Oh. It isn't vampires. It's Moon Knight. Oh my god, so good. Oh. Have you had a chance to watch it yet, Jacob? No, but I know of Moon Knight. Ugh. The only thing I know about him, he was Batman for like a really long time and no one knew he was Batman. Because Batman went to hell to fight Satan or something like that. And then Moon Knight became Batman without realizing he was Batman and was Bruce Wayne for a really long time in the comics. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The slow hand raise. Yes. Jacob, are you fucking with me? No, no. I think that's a real thing. I was told this. (laughs) I'm pretty sure you're thinking of Azrael. (laughs) No, I thought this was like Moon Knight became Batman. How Moon Knight is a Marvel a property. There's, oh, m- oh, my bad. My bad. You say that, but there's been cro- many crossovers. But really? I'm not shocked. to that extent. I'm going to have to look that up real quick because I remember Moon Knight became someone. You know, it's so weird. We've come full circle because not only was Robert Pattinson in Twilight, but now he's Batman. Yeah, you're all invited to watch that on HBO Max at any time when that comes out. I'm excited for, for it. I think it's the 19th, is it, when it comes out. So I'm definitely going to be watching it. I also did watch, I was on a Robert Pattinson kick too, because I also watched that Water for Elephants movie. Oh, how is that? Eh, it's all right. Let me know when you watch The Lighthouse. I want to hear your review. Oh my gosh, that's my next on my list. Okay, great. <laughs> Somebody stop me. Why am I in such a Robert Pattinson mood? He's a good actor. He was good in that, Um, I think the last movie I saw him in was Tenant. I never did see that. I think I got mad at, um, what's his fucking name? Nolan. Nolan for being like, you can only see it in theaters. Who cares if there's a major pandemic happening? It was like 2020, like summer. And it's like, Nolan, calm the fuck down. Your little, your little topsy-turvy movie ain't that great. <laughs> your shit stinks, so don't read all that. <laughs> I think that's his thing. He makes movies for the theater experience or something like that. And he got, yeah, it was just weird thing to say at a it was poorly timed. I'm coming. I'm coming for the famous people today. I don't care. Go for it. Okay, we can do that. Go for it. Let it all out. Let it vent. No, it's still Alex's turn. Yeah. Once we get to your turn, I mean. That's about it. I mean, I can't think of anything else exciting that happened. I mean, yeah. All right. I will volunteer myself next. Go for it. I have been on one of my inexplicable kicks, and the <laughs> current one is Final Fantasy. Ooh. How much do y'all know about that series? I know a good amount i own the first three games including a boxed edition with the manual included of the original final fantasy for nes oh so you got final fantasy for nes and final fantasy 2 and 3 for snes Mm -hmm. i can't remember what else i played 7 and 5 and then like 13 and 10 well we're gonna rewind all the way back to the game boy advance when Final Fantasy 1 and 2 came out on Game Boy Advance, and I was like, I'm going to play all the numerical Final Fantasies, because that's really big right now in the early 2000s. Well, over the years, I eventually got to the end of 5. <laughs> so <laughs> by the time I was in college, so a long time. I'm very slowly getting through them. And I got to the final dungeon of 5, and I was like, I don't want to play this anymore. So I dropped it. No, right at the very end? 
yeah, because it was too hard. And <laughs> 10 or so years passed, and I'm like, I think I saw Square Enix had a sale or something, and I was like, ooh, a sale. So I got Final Fantasy VII half off on Switch, ooh. and I was like, well, I gotta get caught up to it. So I tried to play five, I couldn't do it, I was like, fuck five. So now I'm playing six, aka three, and that's where I'm at currently. Yeah, that's the thing with um, Final Fantasy is they're they're wrong, right? They're wrong. Oh yeah, the, the numbers, numbers are, are not the same as like the Japan releases. Well, they are now. They've like gone back. Yeah, yeah. We're we're at the point now where everything's right, but I can't remember like three is like five in Japan here, and I can't remember. But the order is off though. U.S. two is four. U.S. three is six. Yeah. But now they're back okay. to how they should be. So the five you played was is like the number five, right? Yeah, the actual one. That's the one that they were like really hesitant to release in the U.S. because it is so hard. That's why I stopped playing it. Yeah. Because I looked it up and apparently they were going to release it as Final Fantasy Extreme. Yeah, and extreme, I'm like, this right. is too extreme for me, so I'm out. That's right, because it involves... <laughs> five if i remember there's a lot of like classes and then and they brought in like subclasses and then you could manipulate your characters there it's there's a lot going on especially for that like era of games yeah and back in like 2011 i did not properly balance my team because i didn't know what was going on yeah. and so i was like i can't beat this final dungeon goodbye yeah i looked i, I looked up on youtube the ending when i was like that's good enough that counts you beat it <laughs> at that point yeah <laughs> That's good. So what is your team? What uh, what do you have? What do you, like, I can't even remember the classes. Oh, well, you're supposed to, like, balance them all out so they're all kind of, like, jack-of-all-trades, yeah. I think. I think that's what you're supposed to do. I did not do that. <laughs> so we're not going to talk about it. Okay. All right. You failed to... You won. You beat it. Let's just say you beat it. Good okay, yeah. Yeah, beat you it. beat it. Yeah. So now I'm looking up, like, all the Final Fantasy series just to get an idea of, like, what all there is. And it's like, there's so much shit. There's so much shit. And all of it's on mobile. Yeah, it's all mobile. That's it now. Mm -hmm. I'll let you know how that goes. Thank you. Good luck, Austin. Yeah, good luck. I want to hear an update weekly of which Final Fantasy you're on, how far you're in. Oh, I'll get bored of it real quick. Don't worry. Okay, good. So will we. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was having... I was not trying to space out during you talking about that, but I had a memory. I don't know what triggered it. Do you guys ever play a game called Breath of Fire? I've heard of it, but no. I don't know why I suddenly was reminded of it when you were talking about playing Final Fantasy. I'm going to have to see if I can revisit that because I'm having a major nostalgic moment right now. Is this like the dinosaur with the jetpack or whatever that was? Nanosaur. No. <laughs> Nanosaur. This was different. And I'm trying to remember the one I played. Like, was it three or four? No, maybe. Maybe not. Is this like a JRPG? According to Wikipedia, it is a role-playing video game developed by Capcom originating on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System in 1993. Mm. Oh, gosh. Okay. I'm going to have to totally go back and like explore this because... You threw me into like a really like nostalgic wormhole here. Welcome to JRPG Cast, where we talk about oh, your God. favorite early '90s <laughs> Super Nintendo RPGs. Yeah, Jacob, what JRPG have you been playing? I haven't been playing any RPGs, but I do have fond memories of them, especially before the internet came out. And word of mouth was, and we talk about that a lot, like word of mouth is how you figured out stuff. Like your friends would be on a certain spot, and they would tell you how to get past it. And those were mm -hmm. good times. Those were good times. But in current times i've been playing the game that you guys bought for me mario party superstars oh, oh how's that that is actually really fun that is a perfect you want to play mario party but you don't have a day to play it or you know however long it takes you to play mario party you can play a game in like 20 minutes get through it go through all the nostalgic games from like the 64 the gamecube 
Every, they have every game that's ever been made, I think. All the most popular ones, at least. So that was, like, super fun. It's so like the OGs. Yeah, the OGs, going back and revisiting. And you can definitely tell which game it is by the simplicity of it. Like, you go through, like, oh. a 64 <laughs> game. It's like, oh, hit this button. Good job. And then you get to, like, you know, the Switch now, and it's like, use your, you know, gyro, whatever it is, all that stuff. But that's pretty fun. It's a good nostalgic kick since, you know, we're talking about GRPGs, and this is a, another nostalgic thing. I still think my favorite is, is the original one for nintendo when uh, mario had that cowboy hat i think it was three that was two two if i'm not mistaken i remember playing that one a lot growing up with my sister that's basically it but then something happened to me and i wonder if you guys have had this experience i went to walmart mm-hmm. and i want to share this just to make sure i'm not the only one seeing this and i got offered a walmart plus membership I, walmart I, what? plus no what does that mean <laughs> okay okay i'm making sure i have no idea what Wait, who said this to you? An employee or some random? One of the yellow vest guys. The customer service manager. Walmart Plus. This is scary to me. Uh huh. Because what kind of slippery slope are we doing here? What is like Walmart? What is Walmart Plus entail? Okay, hold on. Now I'm I'm intrigued. Every store seems to have this now. Like there's some kind of subscription membership type thing i'm like is that the new trend now like can i use can i still check out if i don't have walmart plus is this going to be like a costco thing (laughs) let's okay according to the app walmart plus entails be the first to shop online promotions and events including black friday free shipping free delivery from your store prescriptions for less member prices on fuel oh and then you can do that thing i think sam's club does this well, Sam, I guess that makes sense. Sam's Club is a Walmart thing. Scan and go. Scan items as you shop in store and pay with your phone. I don't know how that works, though. Like, how do they make sure people don't take stuff? I guess you have to have a credit card on file with it and it just charges it automatically. That's so weird. Like, is that really necessary? I mean... Right, that's what that's what I was thinking. Like, the fuel thing, if this continues, then Walmart's just going to be, like, Sam's Club. Like, the only difference between the two would be... You don't have to have a membership to go in, but, like, you have to have a membership to get all these perks. But Sam's Club already offers these perks. Oh, interesting. It says, in addition, Walmart Plus members get early access to select deals and exclusive access to select PS5 restock events. Ooh. Oh, okay. Oh, that's scary. <laughs> that is actually really scary. So, point number one, apparently these subscription services are to take on Amazon Prime because Amazon is such a prevalent thing and they're just taking over every facet of everything so i can see why other stores are trying to like combat that with their own service but also i can't believe and i I think we've talked about this before on here how difficult it is still to get your hands on a playstation 5 how will that apply to other items that are like in shortage like supply chains are already messed up like would we have to come in and be a walmart plus member is this something that's going to be forced upon people to have exclusive rights to short the shortage, that is scary stuff. I agree with that. Like, that's that's pretty, like, shitty, actually, because this thing here says next-gen consoles have been near impossible to buy this month. However, Walmart Plus members get early access to select restock events at Walmart. You must be a paying subscriber to take part in restocks. If you're on a free trial, you won't be able to participate. So that's, like, kind of bull, isn't yeah, it? Like, yeah. in order to take part in this and get your hands on specific merchandise... Like, you have to subscribe to this, like, paid service through Walmart. Okay, I don't like that. I don't like the precedent that is setting. Like That's what I mean. That is a scary. Okay, I, that, mm, I don't like that at all. Everything's becoming pay to play. Yeah, it is. It really is. Ugh, 
I think Austin's coming back. I'm going to share it with him. Yeah, I'm sure he'll agree with us. What do I agree with? Austin, the the Walmart Plus, it had a, like perk that you would think, like, oh, you get fuel. There's other perks, but the scariest one was the last one Alex read was that if there's a shortage, like, you know, there's a PS5 shortage, mm-hmm. Walmart Plus members get exclusive rights to go buy them first or something like that, or they get notified if there's an item in stock that there's a shortage of. Oh shit! I better go get a Walmart Plus membership because I need to. No, no, don't lie into it. (laughs) That is scary. I mean, that could expand to any other item. That's just weird. Do you want bread and milk and eggs? You gotta join Walmart Plus. That's right. You know, you joke about it, but I feel like that's the way we're going. Oh my gosh! You gotta pay a fee to get in line to get food now. Wow. Mm. And this is all Amazon's fault. You know, I hate that we even. You know, honestly, I hate that we even name drop companies like this on this podcast but it's i i mean i hate it yeah anyway let's move on before my blood pressure goes up anymore yeah it's getting a little hot in here hot like we're on an island Yes, yes. Now we can move on to our Pokemon episodes for the week. And the, the title of the first one, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Fit to be tied. That doesn't make sense. What is, what is it supposed to mean? Because they tie. What is it? Fit to be, they, fit to oh, be tied. Oh, good lord. Yep, that makes sense now. Fit to be tied. Okay. But anyway, we have fit to be tied, whatever that means, and Pikachu Revolts, two Emmy Award winning episodes. Yeah, I cried. It was so emotional. They moved us to tears. Alex doesn't like it when we say the episodes are bad. Oh, that's true. Okay, to clarify, not every episode is going to be a winner, first of all, but that's why we're here, is to bring energy to this, talk about it, make fun of it in a nice way. So leave five stars and tell all your friends. I'm sorry, I'm being such a mom in this episode. I'm like, you guys don't talk badly about the episodes. We actually had a vote before we began this episode of should we just switch (laughs) to Yu-Gi-Oh? Because it was a little bit more entertaining but we was it <laughs> well it was more entertaining for me personally in that i didn't know what was happening so i could just be like what the fuck is this that's, that is well, that's pretty that's fun though that's pretty sad you don't know what's happening especially considering those are the first two episodes of the entire thing i love series that just don't make any sense pokemon makes too much sense that's the reason why you know it's, it's hard to talk about i guess uh, anyway the randomizer has spoken and i have the 30 seconds summary challenges and Austin, you have the first episode, and Alex, you have uh, Pikachu Revolts. So Austin, you got Fit oh to be Tied. Alex, you have Pikachu Revolts. Again, these are thrilling episodes, and <laughs> I forgot. You forgot? Good luck, Jacob. I forgot a little bit. <laughs> I remember the first one's pretty good in my memory. Second one, okay. I didn't, can't remember too much. But anyway, let's get it started here. Let's kick it off. Give me a countdown. Three, Okay. two, one. Go. Okay, so we arrive to Mikan Island, and we find out here that the gym on the island is ran by Sissy, who has an annoying little brother who ch- kind of fights Ash at the beginning. But anyway, Sissy comes around and challenges Ash to a Pokemon gym, but they don't do battles here, they do challenges. There's a race, and then there's like a skeet shooting thing that Squirtle and her Pokemon take a part of. Anyway, during the battle, Team Rocket comes above and tries to take out Blast- her Blastoise, but they fail, and Ash wins his badge from not doing any battles. Time. 
That was a good job. Oh, I forgot to mention we learned Tracy is a pervert, but that's that's about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my yeah. god. We just had to take one look at him and knew that. Yeah, that's right. It's the headband. <laughs> oh, I had such high hopes for you, Tracy. He's worse than Brock. He really is. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> I'll get into that. Oh my god, my chair's falling apart. <laughs> oh no. What did you do? Break off the handle? Actually, uh, I thought my chair was falling apart, but it was just my phone falling out of my lap. Oh. All right, we're on Meekin, Meekin Island? Who, who knows how to say this? I said Mikan. Mikan? What is that? Mikan. What does that mean? Okay, let's find out. Is that a type of orange or something? I think it means, like, glorious in um, Spanish. Mikan oranges are a variety of Japanese citrus, also known as satsumas or unshu mikan. M- mikan? I can't, what is the word? Mikan. You're asking us? We're, we're on an orange island, and or rather we're going there on Lapras, and Lapras is like... I don't give a fuck about humans. I'm going fast and loose. So Lapras is going super, super fast. This is a baby, right? Yeah, it is a baby. Really? It doesn't have control over itself yet, I guess. <laughs> it's like a giraffe. Yeah, it's got like, it's trying to figure out how to walk. <laughs> so the twerps are kind of hanging on for dear life, but they're loving every minute of it. And eventually Misty's like, uh, maybe let's slow down so we don't all die at sea. Again. Yeah, and Ash is like, yeah, we're not in any hurry. We're just kind of going in no direction. Poor Oak in the GS ball. Poor Celebi trapped in that thing. Eventually, we end up going to whatever the fuck the island's called. And Tracy reveals that it has a Pokemon gym. And Ash is like, oh, great. That's what I'm trying to do anyway. Good job, Tracy. Meanwhile, we get the debut of the Magikarp sub. Is it really the debut? Yes, it is. Oh, it's such a staple. I've completely forgotten, like what it was to not have it we've seen the gyarados sub a number of times ah, but the right. magikarp sub is new and i like it better it's much better it makes more sense why because it's team rocket and they're pathetic oh, oh that's so sad oh they downgraded okay i get it now it's a downgrade this is a downgraded team rocket we're dealing with they're all in their stupid little magikarp sub and it's we've talked about how ridiculous it is the setup they're like in like a soda can which we'll come back to later and they're like pedaling like they're on an exercise bike <laughs> that propels it through the water and there's like uh, uh what do you call those things stethoscope no it's a doctor no i know you're talking about you're talking about the kudzu kind of looking periscope periscope oh that's you're talking about the seaweed thing whatever oh okay well we'll get to the kudzu in a second yeah. only jesse can look in the periscope but they're all caught in the kudzu and they start to sink oh no the seaweed kudzu it's yeah, i think it's seaweed but it looks like kudzu because it's all whatever all right we're at the Pokemon Center talking to Oak on the phone. Tracy is going to come in his pants because Oak is here. <laughs> he did that earlier when the Lapras was going too fast. Muck appears and drags Oak down. Oh, Tracy God. is baffled and Ash and Misty are completely nonplussed. Oh this is God. again where they're like, uh, oh, I didn't realize Oak was that famous. Oh, my God. I wanted to smack them. I that know, was this so annoying. Is the fifth time this has happened. Like, shut up. We literally just talked about this. <laughs> I guess we're doing some recapping in case our audience missed the last episode. Well, there's another moment that I I just wanted to go through the screen and slap Ash because he sees a Pokemon that we've seen before and he's like, what's that? Ah." And it's like brand new to him. So his amnesia is really like out in full force today. He's like, what do you call it when you're like baked in the sun and you're like delirious? Uh, Heat stroke? Heat stroke. Heat stroke. That's what Ash is doing. I was thinking it's like, uh, what's that? phenomenon called when you walk through a door and you forget everything i don't know but that's every day of my life when he goes to like a new place he just forgets all the previous pokemon that he had he's so forward with his thinking you know maybe if he would have an outfit change and actually dress for the weather he wouldn't be having this problem 
Yeah, Ash fought Seadruck when Mandy had it, right? Yes. Yeah. Kingler destroyed that thing. Got it. Yes, that's what I was referring to. Mm-hmm. Okay, before we get this to the Seadra, the mysterious Seadra, we're going to the gym, and Tracy's all like, yeah, this is the toughest of the Orange crew. No one's able to defeat this gym leader. And I'm like, Tracy, you're a fucking idiot. Oh. But before we get to the gym, Ash is like, oh my fucking god, a coconut. So he has to stop and get off the road and pick up a coconut, which is actually a coconut water bucket trap. I'm sorry. I... <laughs> Okay, have you seen a coconut? They're so cute, and they look like little faces or something. Like, I saw some coconuts in the grocery store the other day, and I was like, oh my god, coconuts. So I completely <laughs> agree with Ashby. Like, oh my god, a coconut. <laughs> Stop everything you're doing. It's a coconut. Exactly. They're so cute with their little, like, hairs. I feel like I gotta get the milk out, like, right here on the road. <laughs> the coconut was tied to a water bucket in a tree. A horrible little boy jumps out and is like, aha, I got you. He must have been sitting there forever, right? <laughs> I mean, how many people have came by? I mean, does everyone stop and pick up coconuts? Okay, Alex got picked up the coconut. Yeah, Alex Ash got picked hit. up the coconut. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. <laughs> Those two would have got the trap. Oh my god, I'm easily, I'm, we've discussed this. I'm a very easily entertained person. I see a coconut. I'm going to walk up to it and be like, oh my god, a coconut. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're just on Ash's intellectual level. What I can we say? Yep. You might have to look this up, but I think it's something, if you see where coconuts have fallen, you're not supposed to go near that area because the coconuts could still be falling in like, hit you on the head and like really hurt you that should have happened to ash he should have gotten bonked on the head by another coconut i thought that's what was coming i thought it was like he was gonna get knocked out then wake up in the gym i did not expect our little annoyance to come out i guess alex keep that in mind next time you see a coconut that would be how i die even in the store just be careful (laughs) absolutely just killed instantaneously by a falling coconut that seems appropriate for me so they kill more than sharks apparently i can believe it and also refrigerators never shake a vending machine or a fridge because it can fall on you and crush you to death so all this like annoying little boy nonsense is absolutely worthless and just a filler for time because annoying little boy introduces his sister sissy and i didn't catch what annoying little boy's name is but i'm gonna assume his name is like broey or some shit Broey. What was his name? Bissy. I don't think they said it. Coconut. Coconut. I'm gonna call him Coconut. So Ash reverts to his worst instincts and is like, "A woman? I thought the gym leader would be a man." Yeah, that wasn't um Ash's best moment. That was really weird. Okay, can I interject? Yes. Coconut Boy, his name somehow, I don't know when they ever said this, but apparently his name is Senta. Senta the Coconut and Sissy. Yeah. Senta the Coconut and Sissy give Ash a lot of shit for getting in a top chick scene at the Indigo League. These people are annoying. I don't like them. Fuck them. Welcome to the Orange (laughs) Islands. God. (laughs) (laughs) We go to her gym, which is actually a giant soda cam gym. And discover that we don't do battles in the Orange League. That's not the way it's done. Because the animators and writers still don't know how to make an interesting Pokemon battle. So we gotta come up with other random stuff. It turns out her big challenge is a water gun shootout. Where you gotta get your Pokemon to shoot cans with their water gun. Yeah. Cool. It's like at the fair. Didn't she say something too? Like no one's ever beaten her or something like this? 
Who knows? Well, maybe this is why Tracy thinks she's so tough. Is because she has her Cedra, as mentioned earlier, and Cedra apparently lives its life doing nothing but shooting at soda cans from a distance. Yeah. And so <laughs> I can see why no one's able to beat her. Because first of all, that's very specific. Target practice, Jim. Why is it soda can themed? And second of all, what if you don't have a Pokemon that has water gun? Does it have to be water gun? Can it be like bullet seed or something? That's a good question. She says water gun. Yeah, she specifically she, says that's water her gun. Rules is it has to be water gun. And I assume it's like cans because probably from the mainland, all this trash is washing up on shore. So she just goes out there and gathers it and. Ooh, it's a recycling program. Yeah, it's a recycling thing. That's how. Maybe she's environmentally friendly. I, I don't know. Thankfully, Ash has a water type Pokemon that knows water gun, even though it's a really bad move. And. The rules of this shooting contest are not stated and very much left to our imagination because we just kind of see them shooting at soda cans for a while. And then it's like, okay, we tied. And I'm like, okay, what were the rules? What were we supposed to do? Were we like, who shoots the most? Who shoots? Who doesn't miss? No one misses at any point. There's no counting. There's no like, there's nothing to measure. There's no like accuracy measurement, like where you hit it on the can. I don't know. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. There's just no metric to measure who is actually doing better. Right. No one's counting anything at any point. So it just kind of happens. And Cedra's in the water, too. Like, they open up this floor of water, and Squirtle's just sitting there standing on, the like, the pool edge, and Cedra's in the water, too, which is stupid. It looks stupid when they're shooting. It's just, it's it's a mess. And they're playing, like, the most dramatic-ass music they had in their score to possibly play for this. <laughs> it's it was so really stupid. weird. This is a test of smarts and accuracy. It's not just about the battling. Well, I would have had Squirtle attack Cedra and then knock all over the soda cans. Throw Cedra into the, the soda cans. Oh. Well, you can throw their Pokemon and you can knock over the most can. I would run over with my arm held out and be like, they're all dead now. I'm still mad at Ash for forgetting what the hell a Cedra is. He's like, what's that? And like, completely shocked, bro. You just beat Mandy Cedra like three episodes ago. That's in the past, Alex. We got to move forward. I'm sorry. We have soda cans to shoot with water gun. I don't know what you expect us to do. My, I had too high of an expectation. Sorry. The next challenge is shooting moving targets. What are these things called? Like clay skeets. ducks or something? It's skeet shooting. Okay, skeet shooting where like they go through the air and they're like ceramics that go through and you shoot them with your water yeah. gun. So we get more shooting without any rules or any anything it just kind of happens and this is this is easy to measure too it's like okay <laughs> what was the distance between the time between the pool and when the skeet got shot again there's no metric this is actually something you could measure though but nothing is it who hits it first is that what they're well that was the that was the infuriating part about the very last one because they both were tied they were equally shooting the discs out of the air and then the very last one she's like okay the last one whoever shoots it first wins well, then Tracy's standing there with his little, like, bird watcher binoculars, and the streams of water hit the last disc at the exact same moment, which I don't know how that's discernible to the human eye, but he's like, they both hit it at the same time. I guess it's a tie. And we're just like, oh, okay, gotta take your word for it. Yeah, Tracy had no right, he was too busy drawing Sissy to actually, like, even measure. Right? How is he, like, somehow, like, moderating this whole event? Like, he was like, oh, nope. Because Misty's like, Tracy, what do you think? 
getting him to call it. I'm like, he's not even involved in this. He's drawing, (laughs) like, I don't know, Sissy and his, like, fanfic or something like that over there. Oh, yeah. Thanks for mentioning that, Jacob, because when they first meet her, he, like, immediately pulls out a sketch pad and within, like, 0.37 seconds has, like, drawn an entire picture of her. That is creepier to me than Brock. I know Brock said some, like, weird stuff, but he was, like, upfront about it. It's something weird about, like, some guy standing at a distance. They just first, and he's, like, drawing a secret picture of you, like, kind of out in the open, too, you know? It's just, it's a little, they're both weird, but this is a little weirder. It's odd. It's not, it's not good. Neither one are good, but this is, like, he's, like, he's not going to talk to her. He's keeping a distance. Maybe Brock did something like that earlier. I can't remember, but this is different. Weird. Alex, any thoughts on Tracy doing, like, live sketches of women without telling them? I will just say that I was disappointed because, for one thing, I guess early or mid-90s writers can't have a television show without having some sort of mildly lecherous character as, like, a personality trait. I don't know. I had higher hopes for Tracy. I'm like, he's an intellectual. He's a kind of a nerd. He's not going to be like that. But then he's like, oh, I got to draw this girl. And then Misty calls him out, like, twice. She's like, I thought you were supposed to be a Pokemon watcher. And he was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> right. That makes it even worse, though, because he got caught the first time. You think embarrassment would stop him from whipping it out a second time. But no, he's out oh, there God. later in the episode whipping it out and still drawing on it right in front of her. <laughs> it's, that makes it worse. Oh, God. Yeah, maybe maybe Tracy will redeem himself. I don't think he's gonna. The way we talked about him before he even appeared on the show shows he's not going to be redeemed. So I know. I'm like, come on, Tracy. Don't do me like that. Because the first episode where he appears, I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like a secret Tracy. He's like, not that man. bad. Yeah, that's right. And now he's like out here proving me wrong, drawing lecherous pictures. Well, it's not really lecherous. Like they're action shots of her on Blastoise or whatever. But That's what Tracy likes. He likes some action women. Oh, God. Ugh. Come on, Tracy. Don't don't do this. They could have continued the Brock thing, but just have it be Tracy, like, kind of, like, blushes and gets nervous. Yeah. And doesn't make, know how to talk. Like, just do, just do that. Maybe make it a teachable moment. But why even why even have this at all? Like, just lean into the whole, like, Professor Oak, like, rabid fanboy thing. He's sketching Professor Oak instead. Yeah. <laughs> He's drawing Oak just the whole Professor time. Professor Oak's face on her body. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> they grab his notebook and they flip through the page. It's just oak, 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 oak. Oh, Tracy. Tracy has a lot going on and we know nothing about him. And it's like, we need to really analyze him before this is all over. We need a background search before we let these people in the group. Oh my God. Well, he just invited himself and no one told him no. Christ, Tracy. All right. Well, because our the thrilling water gun challenge is tied somehow. Now it's time for <laughs> the tiebreaker, which is a wave race Is that what they called it? A wave ride. A wave ride. Available on N64, I believe. That was a good game. That was a really good game. (laughs) I didn't have it. (laughs) Or the GameCube version. I played the arcade version and the 64 version. And they were both fantastic. Was that like a surfing game or something? Jet ski. It's like a jet jet ski kind of like cart game, whatever, where you hit ramps and you get power-ups. And it was fun. But anyway, this is less fun. What happens here? What's so funny to me is that she's like, well, this is the tiebreaker. So this is what we do when we all hit all the targets with 100% accuracy at exactly the same speed, apparently. And I'm like, the racing part is the tiebreaker that you presumably hardly ever do. This is much more visually interesting and actually requires 
skill i don't know but austin then she collected all those cans for nothing then oh my god we gotta keep in mind that she's putting some effort she's gonna apply it somehow i hate her i hate this episode i'm sorry alex <laughs> I, I, <laughs> this is so weird and boring <laughs> welcome to the orange islands the thing that bothers me the most isn't this stupid like accuracy hitting things with water gun i mean it's not even that it's the fact that they like hype this up as this is the toughest most like difficult gym on the orange islands and i'm like oh my god and then even i know like this is at the very very end even the narrator's like is this gonna be ash's easiest or toughest fight yet and i'm like what the fuck is that like okay clearly this was nothing i think he said is this his toughest or or is easiest. I think he was kind of like they were kind of like yeah, this is shit. Yeah. <laughs> I think they agreed I mean, with us on this one. Yeah, I guess the narrator was making fun, but I'm like, you guys. I mean, they hyped up the whole thing. Like, this is the diff- most difficult gym, and I'm like, if that's the most difficult, I am scared to see what is next. I will say though, it's very lucky that Squirtle was such a good marksman. Because, like, what if he had missed right? one single shot? Like, it would have been like, oh, sorry, Ash, you're out of luck. We did foreshadow that he was very accurate, though. Like, as the firefighter, he was, like, hitting yeah. the flames exactly on the building. So we kind of knew that going into this, we had a marksman, I guess what you'd call him. Yeah. If this was Sarmi, like, Misty Starmy, we would have been shit out of luck. We would have been here for <laughs> been <everywhere>. days <laughs> doing this over and over again. That would have been a more interesting plot, though. Like, maybe they fell at first and then have to come back instead of just... No, no, no. I want to no. see one and done. We're, <laughs> we're, done. we're out. You want to go through it again? Yeah, Ash is extremely lucky that his Pokemon are extremely skilled without his input. Because it's not like we've seen Ash training Squirtle in his marksmanship abilities prior I'm like, you're just really lucky your Pokemon are good at stuff. All right. And now it's time for the wave race. Just kidding, fuckers. It's time for Team Rocket. <laughs> I wish they had that, like, narration, like, the mo- said that throughout the open narration of the episode. You'd been great for that, Austin. That should have been your job. Me as a narrator? Yeah. Guess what, children? Today some bullshit's gonna happen. Sit down. Shut up. Perfect. Team Rocket shows up. Um, they do their motto. The twerps talk through their motto, which was kind of funny. Now they steal Blastoise with the net. And they were going to steal Ash's Lapras as well. Oh, by the way, Sissy has a Blastoise. They steal Sissy's Blastoise with a net. And then they're gone. And Sissy's like, whatever. It'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah. So the sub gets cut up in the kudzu slash seaweed a second time. And Blastoise is like, bye. And Team Rockets blast it off again. All right, moving on. Can all water Pokemon, like, breathe underwater? Not only can they breathe underwater, they can go in both freshwater and saltwater. Yeah, so what is it, like, brackish water is what they call it? And they're like, yeah. And I guess they're immune to the pressure, too, because they go down pretty deep, and Blastoise just kind of shoots up out of, okay. Oh, yeah, we've seen we've seen the humans survive the bends many yeah. a time at this point. Yeah, I guess it's, there's no physics here. I guess fire Pokemon can fall on magma, too, so I guess it makes sense. We've got a universal immunity to their types or whatever they're magical creatures okay um now we're racing we get started with coconut's little pop gun that he starts off to start the race and we're off they got to go out in one direction loop around a um what do they call those fucking things buoy and then come back around they start off with sissy on the inside of the track 
and I'm like, well, this is not fair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They did start with her having the like a major advantage that way. It's true. Yeah. And Ash is like, we got to get to the inside of the bend. And I'm like, yeah, you do. So they kind of like start attacking each other. Like Blastoise is like harassing poor baby Lapras by smacking it. And I was like, well, I, this is why I think they should have just fucking attacked Cedra. We wouldn't even have to deal with the situation in the first place. Because clearly that's allowed. Yeah. No physical contact. Oh no, there's no rules. Remember, this gym is just free for all. You can do whatever you want. No, but I'm just saying there should have been at least like you can't touch each other, like you can't attack each other. It's just a race, that's all. Sissy's the one antagonizing Ash. I know, that's what I'm saying. She's a cheater. Yeah, she definitely instigated that. She hears him say fight for the inside or something like that, and she goes, Oh no, you're not getting it and then Yeah, she lets him have it too with a five hundred pound blastoise. Poor Lapras. Somehow they they turn around and somehow now Lapras is on the inside of the men. So good job, Lapras. You did it somehow. Even you even smacked around by a giant tortoise with guns. <laughs> now there's a wave behind them and they're like, oh my god, a wave. So Lapras manifests an ice beam attack. And it's really funny because you think it, Lapras is going to shoot the entire wave and save both of them. But she only gives a shit about herself and Ash and she leaves Blastoise and Sissy to get like yeah damn right that was brilliant good job lapras that was awesome i love that self-preservation moment oh god she does not give a shit no she wants to win damn i'm assuming lapras is a she by the way just put that out there sissy and blastoise are fine they don't drown but ash is like i know let's just ice beam to the shore so lapras does an ice beam that somehow reaches like half a kilometer to the shoreline it was like, is Alapras going to be faster scooting on ice than it is going to be swimming? And the answer is yes, it is going to be faster because Ash and Lapras get to the shore first and they win. By a nose. By a nose. By a by a nose. nose. It yep. stretched its neck out and won. I mean, it has a pretty long neck. I'm glad for it. Does that make sense with the ice being faster? Uh, um, when that's... I, don't... I was thinking about this because like, okay, you have like resistance in the water right i mean you have to swim against the yeah, water get a, what is it called frog but it? you're sliding on the ice maybe i mean i guess is any experts of like physics and water and ice want to weigh in and tell us this i'm gonna say it's like it's like 100 degrees and the ice is melting rapidly and so they're like kind of like you know when there's water on top of ice and you're kind of hydroplaning over it maybe that's what's oh, going on oh, maybe yeah, yeah. okay That'll something my thought was, why didn't Blastoise just turn around and launch its cannons and then like <laughs> propel itself to the shore, right? That would have been a lot faster than uh, sliding on ice. I mean, I'm surprised Sissy didn't punch Ash in the face and be like, I win! Yeah. And then threw a soda can at his head. Yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> and we also just saw Blastoise ascend from like 2,000 feet below the ocean in a second to come up to the surface. But somehow, I guess Lapras could do that, too. I don't know. Anyway, Lapras won, long-necked win. You know what I was kind of thinking was this was a like the League episode where all of Ash's Pokemon were incapacitated in some way before the Richie battle. And that's why he ultimately loses because they were already compromised. That's how I kind of felt like would Blastoise have won like without a shadow of a doubt if it hadn't been attacked by Team Rocket and like had to dive to the surface of the he was all the way down in the ocean and had to come back like he was kind of at a disadvantage because he was a little fatigued mm. from all that. I'm going to put them on equal status because Lapras literally swam them to this island just a couple hours ago. True. Yeah. Okay, that's a good point. There's another point that I forgot to make earlier. That we, you forgot the rule, Austin, of you have to ride your Pokemon 
standing up. Yeah, standing up. Like that's another little fault thing. What if you don't have, what if you don't have a Pokemon? Then you can't compete. The same thing if you don't have a Pokemon that knows Water Gun. See, this is why it's the hardest gym because there's such a high barrier to entry. <laughs> that's what if it Ash is. Ash didn't have Lapras; he'd have to be standing on Squirtle's little back. That's right. It's it's like a breeze once you get in, but to get in, you have to go through hell to get in. Okay. Maybe if he would evolve Squirtle, he could have called King Kingler. I feel like Kingler would have like swept this real easy. Yeah. Riding a Kingler that'd been a lot cooler. Thankfully, this entire world is revolves around Ash, and everything comes to him without effort. That's not fair, but in this case, it did. Yeah. Ash gets the Coral Eye Badge, which we discover all the Orange League badges are shells, which makes me think they're very breakable, and also implies the existence of real-life animals that are producing the shells. <laughs> they're extinct. They f- they found them trenched up somewhere. That's what it is, yeah. They're fossilized. They are kind of cool. It's a good theme. Yeah, and we're off. We're swimming away in the sunset. The end. Doesn't Gorobus have shells on its, like, chest? Oh, yeah, it's like mermaid bra. Mermaid shell bra thing. Uh, yeah, that's Tracy's favorite. Oh, no! Oh, no! So the episode ends as Tracy is sketching a drawing of him caressing a Gorbis. Yes, exactly. Yep. Just kidding, it was Sissy again, and Missy's still like, mm, I don't like this. Yep, he puts it in one of the cans and hides it on a shelf for her. She'll find it one oh, day. Oh, my God. I was going to say something else about this episode, but I can't remember. Huh. Anyway, we can we can move on, I guess, because that was that's basically it. Yeah, it's uh, oh, I forgot to ask how many. This is what I was gonna say. Do we, are there eight? Are we going for like an eight four. gems? There's four. Okay, there's only four. four. Okay, and this Alex hit on this like a few episodes ago. This is kind of like a Lola stuff going on here, with not necessarily battles, but more like gimmicky games. But I think a Lola mm-hmm. they got a little bit better than this kind of stuff. Well, the anime doesn't really adapt the, the weird gimmicky stuff from the game. It, like, ironically, it doesn't really do that. Yeah, it keeps it more around the school kind of thing. That is true. But the games were a lot better better in uh, Sun and Moon than whatever this is. In the games. Yeah, I barely remember what, they, what the little challenges were in the game. I remember the fire one being, like, um, they, were, they would show you different pic. They would show you a picture... Oh, the hikers. Yeah, three oh, pictures, and you had hikers. to tell the difference. And there was, like, one you had to copy the dance moves of something. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, little stuff like that. That could have been a fun episode. Yeah. you. Co- oh, yeah, copy the dance moves, send your best Pokemon out there, let him go at it, or take a look at the pictures. Snap could make a reappearance. He takes pictures, and you kind of have to sort the difference. Maybe he's a gym leader. Be careful oh what God. you wish for, Jacob, because he's coming. <laughs> he's coming, that's right, yeah. All right, any more thoughts? Or concerns of that episode? Are we ready to move on to our MVP and LVPs? Sissy had a really boring design, and you can tell she was made as a filler character, and she's not a game character. All right. Let's get the randomizer here for our most valuable player, or least valuable player, and the quote that stuck with us. Austin, you are first, followed by myself, and then Alex. Good luck to us for this episode. Oh, boy. (laughs) My MVP is Lapras. Oh yay. For succeeding and for when that wave coming, just being like, fuck this Blastoise woman and just letting her <laughs> get hit by the wave. My LVP is Tracy for being a little creepy guy. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's not cool. Nope. Um, hey man, that's not cool. My quote is going to be, does anyone want to take the Tracy and Professor Oak one? 
Uh, I didn't have any I can't those. even remember what I wrote down. No, I don't think so. All right, then I'll do Tracy. Tracy cuts onto the call with Professor Oak and says, uh, I'm doing fine too, Professor Oak. And Oak says, oh, and who might you be? Yeah, he's like, who the hell are you? I've never seen you before in my life. And that's when Tracy turned to drawing. I'll start with my LVP, and I'm going to give it to Team Rocket as a trio. Ah. Because it was a fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. The first time they got stuck in seaweed and didn't learn, and the second time they got stuck again. And I'm going to give my MVP to Muck for getting, oh. for getting out of this a long time ago and not being stuck <laughs> on this hell ride. And then my quote is going to go to Misty for calling Tracy out for being a little perv self. And um, he, she sees him drawing, and she goes, hey, just what are you observing? After he says, like, I love looking at Pokemon or something like that, or observing Pokemon. And she peeks over, and he's drawing, you know, Sissy as Wonder Woman. It was weird. Okay, I'm so surprised you guys did not take any of the ones that I wrote down. So, yay. Uh, MVP, I'm going to give it to James because he was a beast this episode. He survived the bends. He swam out and, like, for several minutes tried to, like, get the seaweed off the Magikarp sub. And he gets no credit. And I feel bad for him. LVP, I'm going to give it to Ash because he forgot Cedra. Oh. Literally from five <laughs> episodes ago. I can't believe Sissy and her annoying ass little brother got, they escaped free and clear this one. <laughs> oh, that's true. I forgot about the brother even existing. Well, and then, you know what? The other thing, too, Ash kind of was, like, I don't know why he was so mean-spirited this episode, but he also was, like, making fun of Cedra. He was, like, and it won't, like, Dexter read the Pokedex entry or whatever, and then Ash was, like, and it's not going to win any beauty contests either. Damn, Ash. Like, Cedra looks pretty cool. And he was misogynistic. Oh, yeah, and that. I don't know why he keeps, like, having that popping up, but. And at random times, too. It's just weird, right? Yeah, just when we think he's, like, having a personal, like, development moment, and then he just regresses the next episode. Sorry, Ash, you didn't have a good showing this episode. Quote, I'm going to give it to James at the end when they get beaten easily by Blastoise and get blasted off again nearly. But he says something like, why do I feel like the catch of the day? And then Jesse says, because the boss is going to have us on a platter. Oh, that's good. I love the puns. I just, I miss it so much. Like, we're we're switching back and forth watching these episodes for the podcast and then the current Journeys run. It's night and day. It's so different. I miss this. Oh, it's it doesn't just begin with Journeys where there's a drastic change. We got that, well, we got I know, that coming but up soon for us. I miss all the puns and just the delivery of the lines and it's, it's so different. There was a lot of love in it. Okay, now we get to move on to another exciting episode, Pikachu Revolts, which mm. is a pretty clever title. I'll give him that. I remember this being a really good episode, and I was surprised when it wasn't. What? Speak for yourself. Okay, Alex and I disagree. What did you think, Austin? What were you going for? What do you mean what I was going for? Like, what did, what made you think it was a good episode? Like, was it just the title? Did you miss, like, remember the episode, or? I think I remember, like, it having, like, really good animation, and I remember at the time, this was a novel concept of, like, Pikachu turning on Ash. So maybe that's why. But I feel like now we've seen that so many times, I don't give a shit anymore. Oh, you just got desensitized to it? I guess, yeah. <laughs> but this was the first. I mean, just because you're desensitized to it now, I mean, this was, like, the first time. All right, all right. Jacob, why don't you I'm going to queue you up? All right, go for it. Let's do it. Three, two, one, go. So now we're on Mandarin Island after Lapras takes us there, and we get off the boat on a little dock 
and we see Pikachu and Togepi walking, and then all of a sudden they turn evil. We don't know what's going on, they're just evil, and they attack Ash and the crew. Then we see Team Rocket, and they see that Meowth has turned evil too, but Meowth is followed by Team Rocket to this place, and we see Butch and Cassidy make their reappearance. Turns out they have a Drowsy that's taken over all the Pokemon. And Team Rocket teams up with the Twerps to try to get the Drowsy from... To keep the Drowsy from taking over the Pokemon, they win by exploding the factory and almost killing everyone there. But hey, Butch and Cassidy go off to jail like the people they Time. are. <laughs> Good job. There's a lot going on this episode. A lot of uh, oh my god, there is with it. There is, and this kind of a weird shift because like the first these first few episodes, you know, we're having. Well, I guess it's not really much of a shift. We had a blimp disaster, and then we were on an island, then we were like in a stupid gym challenge, like, and now we're back in the city dealing with like city stuff. And Officer Jenny's there, and we haven't seen her in a while, so. This is kind of a weird shift in tone. There doesn't seem very tropical orange islandy to me. Which they which they comment on. Do they? What do they say specifically? Missy's like, I wanted to go to a tropical island. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah. This is a yeah. This is like a mega city place or whatever. It's Manhattan for sure. Yeah. Yeah, she makes that comment as they're riding up on Lapras. She's like, "Oh, I expected a tropical island, and it's just a city full of like." Right on the water of, of tall skyscrapers and Tracy makes comments like, oh, yeah, this is a hustling, bustling city with like theaters and buildings and and all kinds of stuff like that. That's where we are. Like uh, Jacob said, we're on Mandarin Island, keeping with the theme of oranges. The first Mandarin Island. Wait, is there another one? They accidentally repeat it. Oh, OK. So Mandarin Island number one. That's where we're going. And somehow, Butch and Cassidy, who we see from their first appearance from the Pokemon Underground Breeding Center episode, are somehow, like, surveilling them, watching them come to the island. I don't know how. Do they have, like, a drone or something? I have no idea. They hacked in, (laughs) I guess, or something like that. They hacked the security cameras throughout the whole city. Yeah. Somehow, they're, they're in their, like, secret underground base, like, watching all the city activities on their monitors. But as we arrive to the island, we see a couple of trainers at the pier being attacked by their own Pokemon, which are a Grimer, a Magnemite, and a Voltorb. And they have to insert themselves into the situation, as they always do, and they're like, oh no, let's go investigate. So as they are running towards this, whatever this is, kerfuffle, Pikachu is suddenly overcome by a mysterious force and turns on Ash. And also Togepi, it seems to get possessed and turns on Misty. I loved Pikachu's face. It's yeah. just like a smug little, like, I'm going to kill you look. Like, it was great. They drew that the shadowed eyes. Yep. When I said yeah. the animation earlier, that's specifically what I was referring to. Because that image stuck with me. For yeah, sure. that was perfect. <laughs> it's very, like, from the movie, it kind of gave me, like, movie vibes of, like, the evil, not, like, evil Pokemon, but he's got the, definitely a different facial expression, the shadowed eyes, and Ash is like, Pikachu, what's the matter? This next part was kind of intense, because Pikachu runs off, and Ash is trying to get to Pikachu, and he is then attacked by, like, several Magnemite who are shocking him, and he's, like, powering through it, trying to, like, walk towards Pikachu. Definitely gave me some emotions. I was like, damn, Ash. Was it Tracy or Misty who's like, oh, look at him. He goes all out or something like that instead of trying to help him. <laughs> I can't remember. But would you want to jump into the middle of that and being attacked by like four Magnemite? I'm just saying we see here, Tracy doesn't care about Misty or Ash. He just cares about getting in with Oak. Mm-hmm. You know, if Ash goes, then he's fine with it. Brock would have stepped in is what I'm trying to say here. Yeah, I mean, they don't really do much of anything to help Ash. But then again, they're not quite sure what's going on with the Pokemon. So... I was thinking this. I was like, why doesn't any one of them like call out their Pokemon to help? But maybe they're afraid that 
whatever's happening to Pikachu and Togepi is going to happen to any other Pokemon they call out. So I would have loved to see like evil Psyduck. Oh, yeah. But we learned something from that, though, that the whatever it is cannot penetrate Pokemon ball walls. Pokeball mechanics unexpectedly. Regardless, Voltorb, so Ash is trying to power through these Magnemites and is doing a damn good job until Voltorb rolls up and self-destructs and then they all disappear in the smoke. So Ash is extremely devastated by this when suddenly our favorite, you know, and this, this Officer Jenny, I gotta say, is pretty competent. I didn't mind this Officer Jenny at all. She rolls up to explain the situation. I was just disappointed we didn't get an explanation like we did with the joy. Like, oh, I'm the sister's brother's cousin's. Oh. <laughs> we don't get an explanation where this Jenny, where her lineage falls. Well, now that we don't have Brock, it's not like super important. He would have told us. Tracy starts drawing Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> did he draw her? I don't remember that. No. We'll just say okay. he did. We'll say he did. Jenny arrives and explains that over the last couple of days, Pokemon have started to disobey their trainers, and it's a mystery, and she's trying to figure it out. So back at the police station, they call up Professor Oak, because Professor Oak is like, he's like a constant in these episodes. They're always calling him all of a sudden. I'm surprised they didn't say, I didn't know Professor Oak was famous. (laughs) (laughs) She does say They call up Professor Oak to tell him what's happening, and Jenny has a stroke of genius and she pretty much decides like oh it's probably due to a psychic attack because there's a random ghastly that's hanging around is it okay question is this her ghastly or just a random wild ghastly i assumed it's hers because she commands it yeah she gives it moves later on and it listens so so luckily for us we have a jenny that doesn't have a stupid growlith who gets fooled by jenny's voice and the megaphone we get a smart ghastly. <laughs> we get a competent sidekick finally with a competent jenny so there you go yes I actually like this Jenny, which was shocking to me, but... She still commits the sin of roping in children into her investigation. True, true. true. Well, Ash invites himself along, as he does. Well, that's because his his soulmate, Pikachu, is in danger. Screw all the other Pokemon. Cut to Team Rocket, and they have arrived in the Big Orange, which I thought was really great. That was funny. It's good. Meowth is suddenly overcome by a mysterious force, and he runs to this, like industrial complex where there's a giant building that has a giant satellite array thing on the top which is pointing like directly at the city they climb through the hole that Meowth like jumps into and arrive inside to find Butch and Cassidy and we do assume that like every Pokemon that they captured made their way back to the their base in air quotes through that little tunnel yeah, somehow a Magikarp is in there. Yeah. There's, Was there really? Pokemon, there's Pokemon <laughs> yeah. that you think wouldn't be able to get through. If you have, like, big Pokemon, how is it going to get in there? Yeah, like, that's what I was wondering, too. And if every Pokemon trailed back to that area, how is Ginny not, fo- maybe she's incompetent, how is she not followed one back to, like, that area? That Voltorb's causing smoke screens everywhere. Oh. They can't follow. Oh, they can't okay. Smoke sc- oh, okay, that's what it is, yeah. They don't explore the strange, like, abandoned industrial complex. Like, didn't think to go check that out. Jenny's got a Jenny. We have to have a story, I guess. Ooh, ooh. James gets Butch's name wrong. Botch or whatever. There we go. <laughs> that was my quote. But, okay. Sorry. That's a character trait, not a quote. No, that was a, I love that. That was funny. Cassidy and Botch. Is this the first of that, like, whole running thing where they mess up his name? Uh, that's why I noted it. Mm-hmm. 
And also we get the the screenshots of like from the opening with all the wasn't that in an opening somewhere where all like the like beams like later when they're attacking. I think they also thought this episode had good animation because when they needed filler animation to fit the Pokemon World song, they grabbed them all from this episode. Yes. Sorry, I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but I was thinking about that. Um, I mean, the animation was pretty good in this. I had a favorite moment later, but I'll touch on that. Um, so they show off to Jesse and James all the Pokemon they managed to hypnotize, which they've got some really good ones in there, like a Vaporeon and Kingler and all this stuff, and reveal that they have a drowsy who is behind all this and they have it in a tube like hooked up to like neurotransmitter things and it's broadcasting its hypnotic waves all over town and that's the reason every time there's a drowsy the city goes into a panic really (laughs) they talk about it like even Ginny says something like oh it's very powerful pokemon like there's some i don't know something wrapped around that makes people think drowsy is just the death or something like that. I mean, it leads people to hell or something or like hypno. I mean, it like ensnares children. And mm. another thing with the wires, apparently it's OK just to pluck wires into Pokemon's heads like Oak did with Magikarp. This seems to be running theme, too. You can just basically <laughs> take any kind of system. And it's just like, you know, they have slots in Pokemon's skulls that apparently absorb the wires. So we need the Pokemon Lovers Club here. Yeah, I just imagined a version of this episode where instead of a drowsy, it's a hypno. And the twerps turn against the Pokemon and run off and get captured oh by Witching Castle. You know, <laughs> that would have been great if that was the episode following this. Uh, it evolves. Yes, it evolves and it comes back and it's like, oh, I know what to do now. They just let them all out and started abandoning them. That'd have been great. Could you imagine? Ash like stomps on Pikachu's head. Misty throws Togepi into the ocean. Could you, uh, you get the Ash uh, shadow face? Yeah. There you go. Yeah, this Ash is no stranger to being possessed. Has he been possessed yet? Not yet, but he'll, there's many more possessions to come. Regardless, Team Rocket decides they're not going to take this, and so they're going to fight Butch and Cassidy, but Drowsy steps in and ensnares all their Pokemon. And they get attacked, and they wake up in the police station with the twerps hovering over them, which is their nightmare. Jesse and James decide that they're not going to help the law because that goes against everything that they stand for. But Ash begs them to tell them what they know, and they decide out of the goodness of their hearts that they'll help them just this one time, despite having helped them, I feel like, multiple times already. <laughs> yeah, up to this yeah point. the first time ever we get a unionized team here. They're so, I love them. They act like they're... And just, I have to say, the motto, when they're having their, like, motto battle back and forth between, like, them and Butch and Cassidy... Like, their version, which is a completely, like, different version from Butch and Cassidy's. It's so cute. Butch and Cassidy have, like, the evil version, and Jesse and James have, like, a noble, heroic version. I know! Like, to to blight all people in every nation. Yeah, to protect the world from devastation. Like, so here's a question. I mean, do they know? Because, like, Cassidy points it out. She's like, that's not even the motto. They Jesse and James have to know that that's not the real motto, right? Or do they think that they're doing good? Because like you said, their motto is like more protect the world, you know? Yeah, to unite all people. Yeah, like there's different perspectives here. Like Butch and Cassidy are implementing evil. Jesse and James are under the impression that what they're doing is like good for society or something like that. They feel noble, whereas Butch and Cassidy know. You know what I, you know what I mean? It's weird. They subconsciously are like, we're good people. Yeah, there's like an undertone there that they are the good people for doing what they're doing. Yeah, interesting. 
they'll always be the good guys no matter what they try to do and they do make a comment at the end like tracy's like if they didn't they realize that they won when they like sided with us or something whatever i hope that wasn't anybody's quote tracy's new to this he's learning how this works yeah so they get a good idea on how to infiltrate butch and cassidy's like lair and they have a whole like trojan horse moment where they sneak the twerps and officer jenny into the hideout in a cart full of pokeballs and that's when they get into the big drowsy pokemon like face off this whole part though like drowsy doing the hula dance that was my favorite thing in this entire episode (laughs) he was always in the background doing that too there was not a shot that the battle was going on where you don't see him hula in the background I know that's hard to convey on an audio podcast, but I would highly recommend anybody listening to go and actually watch this episode because the drowsy hula dance in the background makes it. Did y'all ever see the Suicide Squad or the first no. one? Oh, you talking about the the witch? Yeah, the witch. Yeah, and, like, that was weird. Every every scene in the third act, you like see her in the background going like, like it's yeah, so like waving ridiculous. her arms. It's yeah. like one of those. Uh, <laughs> One of those Halloween props where you like you walk by a sitting person like, <laughs> and she's doing it like through, like for like twenty straight minutes. <laughs> Drowsy's doing that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great comparison. So as Drowsy is hulaing its way to victory, Ash decides to get Pikachu tricks Pikachu into attacking him instead and manages to have Pikachu blow up the entire facility. And that allows the Pokemon to that were under Drowsy's hypnosis to escape. I would like to note that when Ash is goading Pikachu into shocking him, he does like a side handspring effortlessly. He can Did do you yeah, see that. He's, yeah, he's, he's he's done that before. An athlete. He's a real gymnast. I don't know. Yeah. Well, he also when is the episode? Okay, I'm waiting. When is the episode where he like lifts that tree trunk that everybody always references? That's not till advanced. I don't think. Oh, okay. It's adrenaline. Pikachu's life is in danger. He's got to do whatever he can. So the Pokemon escape and they take the battle outside. So it's Butch and Cassidy attacking with Drowsy. This part was weird because they have Drowsy use metronome. And while Drowsy's doing metronome, Togepi starts doing metronome, which kind of confused me because they do this like montage where it's like, cut to the twerps cut to butch and cassidy cut to drowsy cut to togepi like all like back and forth constantly a lot it was dramatic yeah it was very dramatic because the metronomes are like like countdowns too it's like you hear you see them does togepi even know it's doing metronome or is it just copying the movements of the drowsy and then just happens to do it you see togepi is secretly a lovecraftian horror being and so it absolutely knows (laughs) it absolutely knows what it's doing I, I kind of think Jacob's right and that I saw Drowsy doing that and it's like, oh, I can do that. And so it's just like, let me unleash my god powers and just does it without <laughs> thought. So was it, so basically they have this like countdown, like Jacob was saying, until Metronome unleashes an explosion that destroys like an entire city block. Yeah, what move was that? Was it Togepi? It was Togepi's metronome, right? I assume it's Togepi's. Was it Togepi copying Drowsy's metronome and they both unleashed, just happened to unleash the same attack and it calls like an explosion? Well, you see, Togepi was um, a conduit to the cosmic forces that created the universe. Okay. Yes. And through the sheer uh, untamed raw force of that those cosmic powers, there was a glitch in the world and everything ceased to be. And then we suddenly are now happy and we've solved everything. Yeah, uh, they completely don't even 
acknowledge this happening at all. There's a giant explosion. And then suddenly we're in the town square surrounded by a happy crowd. And Jesse is bestowing Ash uh, an honorary citizen award. And we don't acknowledge or bring this up at all. They just somehow survived and jumped forward in time or something. <laughs> they go. We see Butch and Cassidy get taken off to jail in like a, I guess, a police car or something like that. Oh, yes. They get arrested. Yeah. Next to the rumble. Which, if anybody was going to go or die at that moment, it would have been them. They were literally a foot away from the building when this happened. But, like as Alex said, miraculously, everyone survives. Yeah, Togepi, like, it unleashes its strange powers and everyone's fine. But it's okay. Bush and Cassidy, I'm sure, will be fine. Because, as we were explained to previously, Giovanni just is able to walk into any police station and bail them out. I love the detail that he physically goes there to bail them out. <laughs> oh, yeah, and they mentioned that, too. You mean he actually showed up? I know. I felt so sad. Jesse and James were like, what? They, he actually comes down and bails you out? We've never had that happen. The sad thing is he just tried to kill them, too, three ep- four yeah. episodes ago. You know, it's awful. He tries to engineer their deaths in a blimp explosion. And they're still stuck on that because when they were in the Magikarp sub, Jesse was yes. like, we let Giovanni down with the blimp. Oh, we got to make up for it. I feel so bad for them. They just try to do the best they can and they never are able to ever win. But when they do the right thing, they get they come close. Like I said, Jesse makes Ash an honorary citizen of Mandarin Island, I guess. I have no idea. I I would take money. Give me a cash reward for this. But she also wants to give Team Rocket a heroism award, but they're not there to accept it because they've disappeared. They're watching from the rooftops and say, oh, you know, we can't be down there. Like, Team Rocket accepting an award from the law. (laughs) As if they disappear. And that's the end of the episode. That is. I think this episode was a little bit better than the oh, yeah. sissy one. There's a lot more going on. I may have been too harsh on this episode, but I don't know. It it let me down. I don't know what it was. Why? I thought, like Jacob said, there was a lot happening. We had, like, Butch and Cassidy come back. We had the crazy drowsy. We had Pikachu, Togepi, like, showing off its universe powers. Yeah, and we got... To see a difference, I guess, like Austin was saying, that the humans were could have been controlled, but we got that with the Pokemon fan club. So this is a new little twist on it, where the Pokemon turn evil. What if the Pokemon started acting like humans? That'd have been a little more interesting. Like the previous one, where the po- people started acting <laughs> like Pokemon. Uh-huh. <laughs> that'd have been a good twist. But my main takeaway was just Pikachu's face was great when he turned evil. That should have been the Team Rocket card version of Pikachu that we never got mm. in the TCG. But anyway. Does that conclude this episode for us before we move on to our MVP and LVP? I think so. All right. I'm first, followed by Austin, and then Alex, you finish us off. Okay, I'll start with my MVP. I'm going to give my MVP to Ghastly. Yeah. For stepping up. Yeah. We don't see Ghastly a lot in anime. We see him randomly every now and then, but it's good to see him in a good light, taking charge, and way better than Growly or whatever we had before. Ghastly, like... I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but, like, you know what? He really is underrated. Like, he saved Ash from being, like, killed during that, like, barrage of attacks. And then somehow, for it being a ball of gas, like, Jenny at the end, she's like, break down that gate. And it, like, flies into the gate and, like, breaks it Ghastly was a badass this episode. It really was. Because I forgot about the wave of, like, electricity coming to kill Ash. And then Ginny, like, says, uh, Ghastly, absorb it, or something like that. And Ghastly goes up there and yeah. really just shields it. It was he crazy. He throws himself in front of Ash to, like, 
protect him from like the thunderbolt, the hydro pump, the you know all that that was coming towards him. So then I gave my LVP to Drowsy for just kind of being OP and taking over this city. Drowsy was the antagonist, so I gave it to Drowsy for LVP. And then my quote, it's not going to be like anything funny, but there was like a really serious moment that Jesse has. They're in the spot fighting Drowsy or whatever, and then Butch and Cassidy come up and they have all these Pokemon. Then Ash says something like, oh, can we beat him? And then Jesse turns to him and goes, oh, we'll beat him. And then just like, it was a weird serious, do you guys remember that part? It was like a weird serious moment. Sorry, I don't. You don't remember I don't remember that, but... I have to appreciate them working together. Yeah, it was like you see Jesse and James and they're always kind of like comic relief. And then you see Jesse have this really serious side, like reassuring Ash. It was like, it was cool to see. I'm giving MPP to Lickitung for <laughs> making an appearance. Lickitung, we yeah. haven't seen you since the Princess Festival. How you been? Hanging in there. Welcome back. LVP, I'm giving it to Giovanni for bailing Cassidy and Butch out of prison multiple times. <laughs> they're really not competent. Every time they do stuff, they get they mess up just like Jesse and James do. So I'm not sure why they're the favored ones. Plus, he's he's like risking his secret identity as a crime boss by going out of the station and bailing out Team Rocket members. That's not very yes, Alex. Isn't he known? Like oh, is he known? I thought so. I mean, he runs a theme park and like everything. I mean, I'm pretty sure they he runs a gym. I mean, yeah, like, that's why th- I'm saying he's like breaking his like secret identity. Like, I but is it secret? I didn't think it was secret. I thought it was kind of like a mob mentality. Oh, like everyone knows yeah. and no one can do anything. No one can do anything because okay, the okay. underlings always take the fall form. Oh, okay. Maybe I was in mistaken. He, he has to keep Jesse and James because they're the fall guys. You know, like he has to keep these incompetent people. All right, okay. I was always under the impression he was, like, a well-known figure. And, like, yeah, he's a gym leader. Like Jacob said. Yeah, he's he's untouchable in that he's a very prominent aspect of society. I assumed he was well-known as, like, a businessman, but, like, that his criminal doings were unknown. But maybe I'm wrong. It's the unspoken thing. Gym leaders have immunity or diplomatic immunity or something like that where they can't be touched. I mean, look at Lorelai, for God's sake. What about her? I mean, she's a member. Isn't she a member of Team Rocket in one of the mangas? Um, no, but they are evil in Adventures. Okay. Who was that? Lorelai. Oh, she's one of the Elite Four from oh. Gilmore Girls. Yeah, I was gonna say she, her daughter Rory. <laughs> <gym Yeah. leader. laughs> We're actually gonna get there pretty soon, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> she's coming. Hey, nice. Yeah, she's memorable in some ways. Um, should I change my LVP then? Um, who was it? No, originally? what was your original? Giovanni. That's right. No, just that was just your original. It, yeah. yeah. It still was bad to do that. Like, it's still an awful thing to go build. Yeah. Yeah, Giovanni. That's yeah. that's dumb. Don't that's do that. stupid. Don't do that. We don't do that. He tried to kill Jesse and James in a blimp accident. Which I gave him MVP for. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. My quote will be Tracy saying, who's that Pokemon when he sees Drowsy? God. Good for you, Tracy. <laughs> You're such a lovable character. <laughs> He's breaking the fourth wall. I appreciated it. Yep. Okay, Alex. For MVP, I'm going to give it to Drowsy. Okay. Because he did the hula and it was really cute. And he was up there in the background the whole time, like, waving his arms around and being absurd. And, and he was actually a really powerful Pokemon, even though he, like, was enslaving people. I thought the animation was cute. 
LVP, I didn't even write anything, but I think I'm going to give it to Butch and Cassidy just because their motto sucks in comparison to our Team Rocket. So, <laughs> yeah. Boo on you for that terrible motto. Oh my gosh, what should I do for a quote? I, I didn't really write anything. Uh, I think probably the part where Jesse and James initially wake up in the police station and Jesse sees Ash looming over her, which probably would be terrifying to anyone, but she sits up and screams, Ah, it's a nightmare! And Ash says, sorry, it's real. Pretty good. Pretty good. I'm glad that we had this episode to counteract the first one. Yeah, I was, I was too harsh. I take back my criticism. Do you keep it on the first one, though? You kind of like, hey, the first one. Oh, was... that one sucks. Yeah, Fuck okay, that. okay, good, good. <laughs> Does anyone have any more thoughts? Nope. Not for this. All this was right. pretty good. Austin, what are we going to bring up next week? Are we shaking things up or are we keeping it consistent? We're just going forward. The Crystal Onyx and In the Pink. Okay. Yeah, that's the title. <laughs> that's the title. Y'all, come on now. Swimming. Okay, Tracy, the... calm down, yeah, calm right. down. Okay, the Crystal Onyx goes in the pink, and then we move forward. Okay. All right. Whoa. <laughs> All right, are we ready to wrap it up here, or is anything else? Alex? Why, why do you always do this every single week? You know my answer is always going to be yes. Stick around for a chapter of My Mortal after this. We're getting to the fun part, I think. All right, we could be listening to the, reading the fun part today, so stick around if you want to check that out. But anyway, we just like to say thank you all for listening, and be sure to leave us a five-star rating. And if you have any questions or comments for the show, be sure to send them to outofthedryingpan at gmail.com. Again, that is outofthedryingpan at gmail.com. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at outofdryingpan. Again, that is outofdryingpan. And join us next time as the journey continues. Alright, chapter 28. Jacob, who's reading? Whoever wants to. Or I could do the randomizer. Mark, paper, scissors, Austin. Okay, you and me. Whoever wins reads? Sure. Okay. Rock, paper, scissors. Oh, you did it late. Oh, no, we're out of time. Okay. Okay. Put your hand up. Rock. Rock. You're doing it upset. No, wait, no, you're not. Rock, Rock. paper, Paper. scissors, Scissors. Shoot. shoot. Oh, oh I, okay, I have to read it. Rocks matches paper. That would be a great podcast. Let's just go through and play rock, paper, scissors <laughs> and visually cue everything. <laughs> Maybe we should just do two to get this done out of the way. Just go first. Oh, my God. Chapter 28, and I'm going really fast. A.N. Oh I said stop Gupleman the story. <laughs> it was a mistake when Professor Rellery said that, okay, go to Fuken hell. You suck fangs to Philly for the help. Philly. Raven, have fun with Kiwi. (laughs) We went into a black room. The walls were black with portraits of gothic bands like MCR, GC, and Marilyn Manson all over them. A big black coffin was in the middle. Red velvet lined the black blocks. Box. There were three chairs made of bones with real skulls in them. I was wearing a black corset bar with purple stuff on it, fishnet suckings, and a black leather thong underneath. I Aww. sat down on one of the chairs disparately. So did Draco and Vampire. Are you okay? Vampire asked. 
potting his alabastered hand on mine. He was wearing black nail polish. I was wearing black nail polish with red crosses on it. Yeah, I guess, I said sadly. Draco also pot his hand on mine sexily. I smiled sadly with my black lipstick. The problem is, I have to seduce Volksimort. I'll have to go back in time. Draco started to cry sadly. Vampire hugged him. It's okay, Ebony, he said finally. But what about me? You're not going to break up with me or anything, are you? Of course not, I gasped. Really? He asked. Sure, I said. We, <laughs> <laughs> we Frenched sexily. Vampire looked at us longingly. Then I took off Drago's MCR shrift and seductively oh took off his took of his pants. He was hung like a Stallone. That's what I was laughing about. <laughs> oh my god! Wait a minute, vampire sitting right there. That's the first line I read when it popped up on my screen. <laughs> Alex, you're not going to comment on he's hung like a Stallone. Stallone. Oh. <laughs> I was trying to forget that part, but. <laughs> He had replaced... Okay. Wait, wait a minute. What exactly do you want me to comment about on this? Well, wasn't wasn't Sylvester Stallone in a sophomore porno? Yeah. Do we know the was size he? of his penis? That's how he got the Rocky, Rocky money. Oh, I have no idea. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll do some research on that later. Will he, we? Okay. He had replaced the vampire tattoo that said a knobby on it. Bully, stop licking yourself, I swear to God. Um, black <laughs> roses were around it. I gasped. He looked exactly like Gerard Way. Vampire took a video Whoa. camera. Okay. I had said it was okay before. Okay. We have commentary from the peanut gallery. I was, uh, I didn't, Gerard Way. I, I got confused there for a second. She said that literally like seven million times and I can't believe, I, oh my God. Okay. Never mind. Never mind. This is in front Vampire's of Vampire's filming them. Yeah. I took off my clothes and we were in for the ride of our life. <laughs> we started Frenching as we climbed into the coffin. He put his Spock in my you-know-what, and passively, we did it. I love you, Ebony. Oh, let me feel you. I need to feel you. He screamed as we got an orgasm. We watched Vampire filmed everything perfectly. Suddenly, oh, what the fuck are you doing? It was Snoop and Professor McGoggle. Oh, God. What a ride. This is <laughs> it was the ride of our lives. It's the ride of our lives. <laughs> Good Lord. Do oh, you think Tracy God. wrote this? Is that what we're doing here? Uh, this is Tracy's fan fiction. Austin, you're reading this very fast and you're doing a good job. Okay. The Am I reading funny, it too fast? No, no, no. The funny thing about it is you're getting the wrong words right and the right words wrong. Am I really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm speed reading. I don't give it's a so shit. Funny. It's just funny to look through the words and it's like your brain's autocorrecting it, but at the different points, because you know that it's like so bad, badly written, it's, it's funny to watch. So I'm mispronouncing words that are spelled correctly. Is that right? Yeah, you're saying like it says E-Bobby, and you said Ebony, and then oh like, my yeah, God. you're just glossing over the yeah, and then like it says like I don't know like a Snope or Snape or something like that, and you say it the right way when it's and you say it the right way when it's the wrong way and the wrong way when it's the right way. It's just funny. It's going it's all it's blurred funny. together. Blurred. I, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> There's funny. only so much one brain can handle. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay, can we do one more? Yes, Alex, I know you want to do it. we got to resolve the, like... cl the cliffhanger of them being caught having the ride of their lives in the coffin. Yes, exactly. And being filmed. Yep. Out there for everyone to see. Okay, chapter 29. A.N. Sot das fuck up. You're just jealous because you're prepped so fuck you. One, 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 one. Raven, you rock girl. Thanks for the help. MCR rocks. Six, six, six. 
Oh my Satan, we screamed as we jammed up out of the coffin. Snap, and Professor McGonagall started to shoot at us angrily. Come now, Preacher McGonagall yielded. <laughs> we, t- we, d- <laughs> we did guiltily. We left the room putting on our clothes. Snoop garbed the caramel and put it in his pocket. Hey, what the fuck? Vampire shooted angrily. Yeah, Buster. What the fuck are you going to do with that fucking camera? Draco demanded, all protective, looking at me longly with his gothic red eyes. Look, Dumblehore knows your secret, and if you do this again, you will then you will go to St. Mango's. So give back the camera. Ha 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 ha, the mystery of Magic thinks he is crazy. There is no way they will believe him, Snoop laughed meanly. Yes, so shut your maputh, you insolent fools, yelled Professor McGoggle. She made us come into a weird room with some white stones all around it. There were all these weird tools in it. Draco started to cry all sexy and sexitive. What? Get it? Because he's a sex bomb. <laughs> LOL. Tom Bellnot rules for life, but not as much as Gerard. You, your sex on legs. I love you. Fucking rock. Marry me. What the hell? Your okay. sex on legs? <laughs> is that our episode title <laughs> yeah <laughs> no we'll discuss it later <laughs> oh we didn't even talk about it during the episodes oh god this is getting insane i started to cry tears of blood it happens in bam Vampire chronicles raven said so okay so fuck you vampire took out a black honker chief and started to wipe my red eyes and then he and Snoop both took out guns using magic. <laughs> they started to shoot each other angrily. None of the ballots got on each other yet. I took out my wand. Crocio, I shouted. Snap stated to scram. He dropped the gun, but it was too late. Both of them had run out of ballets. I stopped a curse. Professor McGoogle did a spell so that we were all chained up. She took out a box of tools. Then she said, Okay, Cerberus, I'm going to go now. She left. Snap started to laugh evilly. Vampire started to cry. It's okay, Inabi, said Draco. Evergreen will be all right. Remember the sitio you took of Snake. Snape laughed again. And then he took out some whips. <laughs> the end. Oh my god, what is even happening? I lost track about... 20 chapters ago. This is a this is a teacher. I, how can McGonagall like leave him there with whips? I don't understand. All right. Thanks for All right, listening. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Yep. <laughs> Bye.